Hey, listeners, at the risk of sounding too adorable and hilarious about tough times that we're all going through, um, we're going to just say here's an episode. We're honoring our commitment to giving you new content every week like we do. And we recorded via the Zoom app. And your three hosts got together and recorded while considering the safe distance of not being in the same room. So, we thank the Moonrays for giving us that song, Intro Creature Features, and we get on with the episode. The audio quality is what it is, and hopefully there will only be a couple episodes like this, and then we'll be back to the new, well, we'll be back to the normal, or the new normal, whatever it may be. But uh, thank you for your continuing support, and thank you for listening. Here we go with the episode. Emergency, that's what. Oh. Emergency and vodka. Emergency and vodka is the quarantini? Yeah. I like that. Let's uh, let's intro this thing, because I can hear you guys. Um, uh, Will, I can't hear you quite as well, but Jolian? <clears throat> gentlemen. How about now? Yeah, that's better. So we're doing our first um, quarantine episode of the podcast. Listeners, you're listening to Chewing the Scenery Horror Movie Podcast. We're podcasting from three different locations via the Zoom app, and uh, I've got a mic propped up at the iPad, and hopefully that's um, that's enough for them to hear you. I'll, I'll pump up the volume a little on the uh, edit, and hopefully it sounds just right. So, I've got a throat mic. Oh, that's good. Oh, nice. <laughs> I can see Will's ceiling. Um so we were going to talk about spring spiders, but yes. first, uh, for listeners who are new or listeners who have forgotten, we're in the uh, greater Denver area. We're in Denver proper, all of us. And the mayor, uh, Mayor Hancock, just announced that we're going to have a stay-at-home order that starts um, Tuesday, the day this drops, at 5 p.m. So, yes, if you must have booze, go, go get, get it. Get out. Booze and weed. Yep. I suppose handguns. Yeah, get to the beach. Yep. <laughs> get to the caves. I'm, I'm going to get one more day at the beach. Hmm. Yeah, I'll be pounding on the sand, yelling, you did it, you did it, you bastards. Uh, so what have, you, um, what have you guys watched since we did this last? Will, do you want to kick it off? Uh, yeah, we've, uh, we've started a show called Dave. It's on FX. 
it's a comedy about a, uh, I'd say about a 30 something white Jewish rapper. Oh, sure. Who, uh, goes by the name <laughs> Little Dicky. <laughs> Little Dicky. <laughs> yes. And basically his whole, his whole persona, I guess, is, uh, as a, uh, a rapper with a little dick. It's, it's all joke dick jokes for his raps anyway but the show itself is kind of unbelievable the third episode may be uh some of the cringiest stuff i've ever seen well all right (laughs) big Um, recommend especially if you're uh uh i lost my train of thought uh in what way uh cringy oh just uh it's just really forward uh sex jokes <laughs> that's all i can say okay if you're easily offended don't watch all right or maybe do <laughs> yeah whatever works you know some people like being offended some people make make a living being offended so what else have you watched? Um, I think that's about it. I I can't remember. I watched a couple spider movies, uh, several episodes of Emergency from the seventies because I oh, like really? seventies and ugly people, which oh. were all the rage in the seventies. Wow, that's crazy! Emergency. I haven't thought about that in years. Yeah, it's it's such a boring show. It's really terrible. They go through the same steps every time, don't they? Pretty much. Every episode involves somebody climbing up something. Mm-hmm. You want to tell the people of Los Angeles to just not stay off towers or cranes or amusement park rides. Anything that lifts you up in the air. That's You're fun- going to dangle off of it at some point and poor firefighters going to have to climb up there. <laughs> you know, it's funny you should mention that. I actually watched the opening credits to uh, Kiss Meets the Phantom of the Park. Oh! Yeah, um, so the thing about this, or Kiss Meets the Phantom, or uh, Kiss versus the Phantoms, it had several different titles. But Attack the Phantom. Yeah, ta- that's what it was. Um, so the... Um, the funny thing about that is the 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 opening credits where you know Kiss is kind of superimposed all gigantic over the uh, amusement park. It looks like it's you know when you're 13 years old watching it, it looks like it's going to be something cool because you're a Kiss fan and you're going to watch this thing, and then it just immediately goes to crap. Uh, I, I've only got about 10 or 15 <laughs> minutes into it, maybe, but Julian, it was on it was on the flash drive. But the, uh-huh. but the kingdom of the spiders was not. So oh yeah, it wasn't on here. Man. Yeah, at least it. My, at least my computer doesn't I see it. I almost watched that one. I was going to, uh, and it turned out that uh, I think Shatner was hiding behind the paywall. But uh, yeah, uh, yeah. There were a couple things that were on Prime for free that were not the last time I looked. 
Yeah, this one um, had uh, April Fool's Day, Bamboo Saucers, Kiss Meets the Phantom, and The Six Million Dollar Man. I assume that's the episode with Bigfoot. So that's that, the pilot. Oh, okay. That's what it is. Oh. Well, anyway. That one's he's pretty much just in a hospital hospital bed for a couple hours. Oh, feeling well. sorry for himself and not wanting to look at his biotic arm. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, it was funny. One of the, um, the, the executive producer of Kiss Meets the Phantom of the Park was Joseph Barbera, which I assume is, you know, since it's a Hanna-Barbera production, I assume that's the Barbera of Hanna-Barbera. Yeah. Yeah. So. yeah there was a, an animated uh, Scooby-Doo meets Kiss film a few years ago. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and of course, uh, if you ever watched Family Guy, they did like these little weird cutaways to uh, a Kiss Saves Christmas special. And, yes. And, and that was actually some of the funnier stuff I've seen on uh, Family Guy. So. Hey, uh, you need to reach up there and fix that J&B bottle behind you so it shows. It's Greeked. <laughs> I did that on purpose. So this is just going oh, to Greek. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. I Greeked it. Um, but you do see the, uh, the dude candle is, is showing right over my shoulder. Yeah. Yeah. The, uh, the apocalypse is weird. I got to say you guys, <laughs> this is really weird stuff. Um, Jolien, you want to do your recently watched? You've had some time to watch some stuff, haven't you? Uh, yeah, and apart from uh, the spiders, uh, we've been watching um, Japanese superhero shows. Oh. Um, so we we watched um, Nimpu Sentai Harakenja, which is a, uh, you know, the Power Rangers are adapted from the shows about team, yeah. usually five yeah. uh, people. Um, so we watched that one. That was, that was very good. And uh, we just started watching uh, the Japanese uh, Spider-Man TV show from 1978. Oh, okay. I've seen clips of Um, it. Same. Yeah. Um, Yeah, that's fun too. Um, uh, He has has a car called the GP7, and then that can dock with a spaceship called Marvela, and then the spaceship turns into a giant robot called uh, Leopoldon. Well, yeah. 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 We all remember that in Spider-Man. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it was the first uh, live-action superhero show in Japan where the superhero had his own robot. So from thenceforward, all the Sentai shows had robots. Had robots? Oh, okay. Um, but uh, yeah, so started watching those. So culturally, what do you suppose it is that made Japanese people fall in love with robots? Generally speaking, uh, if you think the uh, one of the icons of comics there is uh, Astro Boy, right? So Alton, who's like uh, uh, the professor's son, is killed in a car accident, I think, and but he preserves his heart and he puts into a build a robot body for it. Okay, and so um, yeah, so he's kind of a benign Frankenstein. <laughs> yeah. Um, um so if you uh so in america like the icon of comics is superman in europe it's tintin it's just like an iconic character so massively influential uh also i think it is um 
being able to harness technology to become powerful when you've been stripped of your power ah. um, and you've had a you know a proud military history um i think there must be a bit of that in there because you know it's often about kids harnessing massive amounts of power and defending their country against uh, alien invaders yeah yeah so you can read pretty uh, right-wing things into these some of these shows especially the sentai ones but uh you know they're they, they have to become increasingly powerful over the course of the series in order to com- combat the uh, extra threats. And uh, um, so, uh, yeah, I think there's, there's, there's a bit of a power wish fulfillment there, as there is with most uh, superhero sh- stories. Of course, yeah. Yeah, but um, nobody should you know, combine it, Superman, Ten Ten, and Astro Boy. <laughs> oh, into into like a Go Lion sort of. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's good. Idea. Can all be robots? <laughs> yeah, I think that works. And countries. Yeah, there was. <laughs> there was um, I think the first uh, Sentai show which had its own giant robot was uh, Battle Fever J, and there the team is supposedly from different countries. So there's Battle Battle Fever Kenya, uh, America, uh, France, uh, and there's. And of course, there's Japan. But, uh, yeah, uh, climb into their own robot. <laughs> like it. Yeah. Uh, so, what else on the Anything list? Anything else? Well, um, well that, that's a lot of shows. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> like yeah, a, yeah. A lot of episodes. When they do a series, it tends to run all year, so it's like 51, 52 episodes. Oh wow! I was going to say um, yeah. Yeah, I think the Spider-Man one is 41 episodes plus a theatrical release. Well. So there's, there's a lot to watch. That is a bunch. Yeah. What have you seen? What have you watched, Richard? Oh, what have I seen? Um, well, most recently, um, the Netflix series Tiger King, Murder, Mayhem, and Madness. Um, yeah, yeah. This is about one of those guys that started a homemade zoo and just grew it till it was gigantic, and then he has uh, sort of started this collection of misfits who um, work at the zoo. And uh, at first, you think he's just kind of a tacky hillbilly who loves tigers and stuff, but um, it. He also really loves being on camera so he was doing i don't know if he was vlogging or what he was doing but uh there's a lot of footage of him and then he made some you know fairly expensive looking produced country videos where he's singing songs and and he sounds like a pretty good country singer as that goes and then you find out that um he's gay and has a couple of husbands and there's some kind of yeah two yeah they're a thruple of sorts and they even showed like their wedding ceremony. And this is spoilers. I didn't mention uh, at the top of the show. Maybe I'll maybe I'll insert something that I record separately, uh, and maybe explain a little bit about why this audio sounds a little weird. But um, yeah, spoilers for this show uh, is that this guy has two husbands. They are a thruple of sorts, and uh, they keep talking about other big cat people who who are really uh, also sort of living these weird large personas 
And uh, this one woman is like a, she's an, a big cat rights activist, like an animal rights activist, but specifically big cats. And uh, some of them try to say, well, she didn't really have the cleanest past because she was exploiting them and breeding them for pets at the beginning. But a big part of this is that people who want to own a big cat just go buy one illegally from somebody. Or in this case, it was Florida and it was God's blind spot for a long time. And people could just go buy, uh, you know, a, a puma or, you know, an ocelot or a tiger or something. And then, and then discover later on that it was a terrible idea and want to return it. Yeah. Um, they also point out that they could charge a lot of money for people to just roll around and take pictures with, uh, like, uh, tiger cubs. But they're only viable yeah. up to a certain age. Then they will just, like, slash your throat with their claws. Unless you're the trainer and you have whatever tools that you're, you know, on hand. So they can't really safely have people roll around with them past a certain age. And so uh, there have been rumors that some of these zoo owners have gone out and killed them or let them loose or whatever other bad ideas. And it's like, yeah, and it takes a lot of meat to feed dozens or hundreds of, of tigers and lions. So uh, it's not easy to maintain one of these sort of facilities. So there's a lot, there's a lot to um, consider with all of this, but uh, it's done as a, um, as I think it's a limited series and we got, I think into the third episode of it and it's pretty, uh, pretty interesting stuff because you meet all these other big persona people and you get a little glimpse into their lives and they all have opinions about each other. So you get a lot of that stuff. Um, we've also been trucking along with Silicon Valley and we're into the third season, I think. And I think it ran five seasons total. And if you guys haven't seen this, it's so funny and so entertaining. Um, have you seen it? Either no. Been? No? Uh, it's about this guy who's just a really good... Um, software engineer and his mind works a little differently and he's super awkward but he's very brilliant but not super confident or assertive so he comes up with something that's innovative and then he makes it further even more uh, efficient and more innovative and he keeps making the wrong decisions on who to accept as an investor or buyer of the company or when to back out and go with something else. And it keeps getting screwed up one way or another. And then there's all these characters that he lives with in this incubator. And uh, the guy who heads the incubator is TJ Miller. Uh, Ehrlich Bachman is his character's name. And he's really arrogant and, and just unrealistic, but apparently a very good coder. But he never codes because he doesn't need to. And he has carpal tunnel syndrome anyway. So there's this whole thing going on. And then there's a Satanist who, who lives in the house named Gilfoyle. And he's got a very deadpan delivery. And he's, he's just got no, uh, uh, no concern for other people. And he kind of likes to watch chaos unfold. And then there's uh, Kumail Nanjiani's character, uh, who's also a coder. So you've got, 
an engineer and two coders and then the incubator owner who, who doesn't code. And then there's a couple other characters that come in as like interns. Who wrote this? Michael Crichton? Uh, Mike Judge is, <laughs> is one of the co-creators. Yeah, I know, but <laughs> Michael Crichton books for always like two statisticians and a third statistician. <laughs> yeah. For the characters. And you'd get halfway through, at least I remember on one book, I got about halfway through and I realized uh, one person, I, I, I thought a guy was one character, but it was actually two different guys. <laughs> they were both like almost the same character. Yeah. I always enjoy that in a movie or a TV show when they have like similar looking, similar acting characters who all have similar jobs to do. It's like, why don't you just combine mm-hmm. that into one guy and then make a different guy? You know? Yeah. That's always a, seems like bad choices. Um, so, uh, yeah, Silicon Valley is, is a, a good laugh, which we could probably all use right now. Cause the, you know, the world is completely upside down. Uh, then on any service. Yeah. That, that would you watch that? Um, that one, I want to say it's on HBO Go, which... Okay. Yeah, I think we have someone else's login for that. And... Uh, no. Uh, you know how that goes. Um, yeah, we have a, we have someone else's Hulu and someone else's HBO, but then we share a couple of our things with other people. Um, and then I watched about half of Big Ass Spiders before I fell asleep because I started it too late. So I didn't get through that, but I did watch Earth versus the Spider. So, All right. so that one, um, do you guys want to start into spring spiders? Uh, do you want to tell us, tell the listeners and tell me what you guys watched? Sure. Go ahead, Will. I watched two. Uh, I watched a movie called, uh, in the web of the spider or hmm. in the spider's web. It doesn't matter. Uh, <laughs> it had Lance Henriksen in it. Really? And, uh, it was pretty bad. And then I watched one that was worse called Ice Spiders. Ice Spiders. Why? Why Ice Spiders? That's, that's one of those sci-fi channel ones, isn't it? Uh, I'm not sure if it was sci-fi channel, but it was that quality. Right. Uh, yeah, Ice Spiders. I think it was because somebody wanted to go skiing in Utah. And this was a, this was the vacation opportunity. I also believe that... Uh, in the spider's web or whatever uh, was similar in that they all got a vacation to Thailand to, uh, you know, film a, f- a shitty sci-fi horror movie for a couple weeks. So Thailand, they've got, yeah. they've got spiders there. They do. They are all computer generated though in this, terrible movie well that's not true there are a number of tarantulas and whatnot but there are a lot of really really badly animated uh spiders which is common with both films i watched (laughs) uh uh, yeah just not not good the uh first one was some backpackers in india i don't know why they sub Substituted Thailand for India, but uh, they did, and uh, they 
are hiking through the forest. One of them gets bitten by a spider. They can't get her back to where, where they were staying in time, but there's a mysterious village around the corner. Um, they go there. Lance Henriksen is a crazy doctor who has really long fingernails on one hand. And he seems to have a brother or somebody who wanders around with a, a hood over their head and, and one eye hole like the elephant man or something. Um, and uh, chaos ensues. Turns out he's spliced with a spider. Hmm. I don't know. It's not really clear. And his brother is somehow deformed, has his face deformed. So the natives believe he is a spider god. He doesn't look like a spider either. He only has long fingernails on his left hand, just like Lance Henriksen. Uh, like spiders do, you know? Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. Uh, a pretty bad movie. Spend most of it inside a cave. Uh, backlit with a blue, like a blue spotlight. And uh, a lot of computer-generated spiders that somebody's nephew whipped up in an afternoon. <laughs> wow. Uh, they even computer-generated some of the spider webs at the beginning. They, they you know, uh, did not do a great... They're just these lines. Uh, yeah. Uh, the next one was a group of skiers... Uh, who encounter ice spiders uh, who've escaped from a secret lab up in Utah. They put it in the mountains so if the spiders got out, they would freeze, but something's gone wrong and they like it cold. And uh, they were breeding them big so they could make silk, big batches of silk. Um, they made them deadly too for some reason. I don't know. Oh, wow. <laughs> but they get out and eat a bunch of people. Uh, again, bad bad uh cgi effects and uh and uh role by stephen j Cannell, who uh i don't know if anybody knows who that is he made uh rockford files and the a-team and a bunch of tv shows in the 80s right. oh yeah yeah he's the guy who'd always whip the at the end they'd show the little the logo uh, video he whipped the paper yeah his little logo he'd whip the paper out of the uh typewriter and it Make Turn, a C or something. Yeah, it turned into a stack of papers that shaped a C. Uh, yeah. yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah, it's like, um, uh, what is it? Uh, Dick Wolf Productions. That's that's the one these days that's on everything. So, yeah. Yeah, I think Canel is probably not working or not alive. I'm not sure which. I believe he died a couple of years ago. That sounds right but I'm not sure. Well, look what he missed out on. Yeah. Lucky him. Yeah. The, <laughs> the, the whole world in crisis and they're trying to charge us for movies like Leprechaun. Yeah. And a bunch of these spider movies are behind a paywall too. I'm not, <sighs> not doing it. Ridiculous. I'll go with Tubi and watch, well, not watch their commercials, but leave the room during their commercials. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you just put it on mute. Yeah, that too. So, um, as as far as giant spider movies or, or spider invasions, um, 
this is nowhere near what you would recommend, is it, Will? No. Uh, I should have watched The Black Scorpion, as I had originally planned. Not a spider, but a big bug movie, nonetheless. It's an arachnid. Yeah, exactly. It's an arachnid, and I like how his face looks. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. Was that Willis O'Brien, right? Uh, yep, yep. Yeah. I thought so, but I'm sure would have been behind a paywall too if i'd looked for it <laughs> yeah and if and if we say it out loud in front of any of our devices i think it moves it immediately behind a paywall Ooh, maybe yeah so yeah o'brien was uh the uh the guy who um kind of originated this yeah he originated the stop motion stuff or yeah or at least he was one of the earliest uh he wasn't yeah he wasn't the first but he was very early yeah, we did cover that on our historic special effects episode, I'm pretty sure, where we yeah. we talked about Willis O'Brien and where he learned his craft. And then, of course, Ray Harryhausen came along later and uh, mm-hmm. did it better yeah, than... he worked with him on uh, Mighty Joe Young. That's what it was. Yeah. And, uh, episode 37. <laughs> Epi- no, I'm kidding. I don't know the episode number. <laughs> yeah, we've got them all written down somewhere. Um I, to, I know. I have to turn that into a live doc for you guys, but when will I find the time? Hey, you, you've got time. You can <laughs> you find the time. Oh, I didn't tell you guys. Um, so with all that awesome spare time we're all supposed to have right now while we quarantine it, um, I'm uh, helping the missus make some uh, masks, some like surgical type masks that have a, a pocket that you can put a filter in. So if they're able to get... Uh, surgical sheets or HEPA filters and insert a little, you know, card of that into it, then it's a lot safer for the nurses and uh, people at risk. So um, she's trying to make them available at cost or for free, but I think in order to keep it going, we might put some on Etsy just to get some funds coming in to do it because we're out of work right now. And uh, a, a few orders have trickled in. But uh, there's there's not like eight hour workdays uh, at the shop because there's no work coming in. So this is kind of a cool thing to do that is uh, work, but it's for a uh, it's for a good cause. And we've already shipped some and handed some over to some uh, at risk people and some nurses. And it wouldn't be an episode without the dogs. Whose little dogs are those? Yeah, those are my little dogs. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, they're acting crazy as usual. So, um, yeah, uh, so these are these are not some top shelf giant spiders that you watched. No, no. Okay. Bottom shelf. Yeah, and I and I noticed that they had one of the um, uh, Mystery Science Theater three thousand uh, uh, send ups of one of the spider movies that was available, but I. Yeah, I kind of wanted to go with my own observations on the one I watched, but uh, my favorite thing. Um, let's go to Jolien next, and then I'll tell you what my favorite thing is about. Well, I watched uh, Earth vs. the Spider as well because oh, nice. uh, I thought I thought we were doing giant spider movies. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, I, I saw Tarantula recently as my favorite still. Right. Yeah, um, that's probably the best of them. And uh, that's there, some are, of... there are movies with giant spiders in them. Uh, yeah, but they're not the uh, main threat. Right, so like Lord of the Rings is an excellent, like the Shelob 
Spider. I, I remember going to see that uh, one time at the theatre and uh, uh, when they did the big Shelob scene. Have yeah. you seen it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> it was deathly silent in the theatre. And then this woman said, I don't like spiders. <laughs> I really freaked out. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that was really good. Um, and, you know, there's there's lots of those uh, 50s films where they go to some alien planet and then the first thing they run into is a giant spider. Yeah. Um, but anyway, um, yeah, so I watched uh, Earth vs. the Spider and Giant Spider Invasion. Oh, and, man. Uh, we started watching Big Ass Spider and we both got kind of tired of it after a few minutes. So we, we tried to find... Um, uh, eight-legged freaks. Yeah, but uh, you have to pay to see it. So we went yeah. back to Big Ass Spider and finished the darn thing. Have you have, you've seen you've I, seen a few minutes of it, haven't you, Richard? Well, I've I've seen the whole movie, but it's been a few years. But uh, right. I this do is from twenty thirteen. Yeah, I do like Mike Mendez. I mean, he's got a really funny approach to things. What, what else has he done? Um, let me look that up for you here. Uh, Knowing that um, I, yeah, we didn't think this was one was funny. Um, this one started. On, I've not seen this one. Okay. Um, this like uh, immediately uh, made me cringe because it starts off with um, uh, there's a cover of "Where Is My Mind," you know the Pixies song. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, by yeah, it's by a group called Storm Large, I think. But it's one of those really um, like low-key cover versions of pop songs. They do a lot yeah. of soundtracks, or, or they did in the last decade. Uh, it's just like, ah, oh, no. <laughs> um, and yeah, it had a couple of um, scenes in it which were just really unnecessary, just really slowed it down, made it boring. Um, like uh, we've seen the opening scene where the hero is facing the giant spider so we know he survives to that point but then it has all these uh, earlier scenes where it's supposed to be suspenseful with it where he's he's this exterminator stalking the spider when it's smaller uh, but we know he's going to be okay yeah right. Right. attention to it um and there's another scene later where we've already seen this spider turn into this giant black widow and run around uh, downtown la um but then it goes into another scene where they they find that there's always molted skins from the spider and they figure out that it's grown. But they've already seen the video of the giant one. It oh. just, just makes no sense. It's not telling anyone yeah. anything new. Um, <laughs> so it, I think it wants to be eight-legged freaks. You know, it's got all these comedy uh, lines in it. And uh, Lloyd Kaufman turns up as a jogger. But uh, yeah, just didn't find it funny. Yeah. Um, uh, M gave it one star for uh, having Ray White, isn't it? Okay. And uh, one star for having the Spiders from Mars reference. But uh, yeah, even he's kind of dull. He's, he's just like this uh, army general guy who's like throwing his weight around. And, oh. you know, we've seen that character a million times. It doesn't really do anything different. Yeah. So, yeah, I can't recommend that one. Ah. Uh. Well, Mike Mendez, um, a couple of things that stand out is that he had segments on uh, Tales of Halloween and Nightmare Cinema. So um, okay. those were a couple of things. Yeah, he's been on... Uh, I like those. Dana Gould. 
podcast a couple times. Yeah. Yeah, he um he he came from a lot of TV. He did some NCIS and CSI stuff. So, yeah, there's there's some things that uh he just sort of understands how TV works and and uh as far as doing work with movies, uh he I think does better with the anthologies, you know, cuz he it's it's a little more of a a, a tighter package of of what you, of what you're doing storytelling wise, I think. Mm-hmm. But uh, I kind of like his humor. Um, so, uh, what else, Jolian? Was that? Uh... Uh, so, I watched uh, John Spider Invasion again. Have yeah. you seen that one? Oh, that is so bad. I, have, I, I don't mean, think I've seen that. Me. I don't think so. What's what's this that one a, about? This is from 1975. Bill Rebane, one of his. Rebane, uh, that's it. He, he did a whole bunch of movies. He filmed in Wisconsin. Yes. And, you know, they're always like him, a few actors he knows, and a whole bunch of neighbors and friends. Oh, okay. Uh, That's movies uh, great. Yeah, this is one of his more lively ones, I think. Um, yeah. I don't... Uh, because they can get really terribly slow. <laughs> yeah, I can't remember what... I know I've seen at least one other Rebane film. Yeah, I think he did, uh, what, Devonsville Terror and... Uh, I can't think yeah, but, of it now, but anyway, Giant Spider Invasion is pretty Giant good. Giant Spider Invasion uh, has an excellent poster. Uh, I remember seeing a trailer for it and the poster at the local cinema when I was really small. Oh, I'm, and, look, uh, I'm looking at it right now. It's really cool. It's a 15 certificate film yeah. in England. And um, uh, I thought that if I begged a parent into taking me, then I could be let in, but they wouldn't. Oh, but uh, I was I was very disappointed. Very disappointed when I actually saw it because it's so cheap and all the stuff it promises on the poster is just uh, you know those things happen, but it uh, it's uh, <laughs> it's really poor. Um, <clears throat> so you got uh, so a small town in Wisconsin. Uh, you got a sheriff who reads uh, reads about UFOs. You'd like him, Richard. Well, uh, uh, real, real quick, uh, that is Alan Hale Jr., <laughs> who was the yeah, skipper yeah. on Gilligan. Right. <laughs> so, um, yes, I would like him. So he's, he's reading official UFO magazine <laughs> and uh, Flying Saucers Want You book. Oh, good. Have you heard of that one? N- uh, no. And he, he, he uh, you're kind of afraid of each time he opens his mouth because it's going to be another dad joke. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah, his jokes are terrible. Yeah, we, we call him Sheriff Dad Joke. Um, <laughs> uh, so there's this, uh, uh, somewhere in space, uh, some light is, gets spat out. Uh, M called it a space penis and, uh, and heads for Earth and uh, crashes down in a field in Wisconsin. Doesn't leave much of a hole. Um, I think around this point, M said, uh, the more we drink, the best, better this will get. <laughs> no. Um, Not necessarily. Uh, so, <laughs> um, so uh, the spiders start off as like ter- various kinds of tarantula that, that hatch out of these like uh, uh, eggs, stone eggs. Like a geo. And, uh, yeah. Um, and uh, and start creeping into people's houses. Like uh, there's a pretty good scene where uh, this woman is uh, she's in a bedroom and uh, 
uh, you know, this tarantula has crawled up on her in her bed and she's like trying to find it. And then she goes to a drawer, the closet and pulls open the drawer and there's an even bigger one that comes out the drawer. That's quite a good image. Um, a bit of misdirection. Sure. Um, so anyway, a guy named Vance turns up from NASA, which uh, the locals <laughs> pronounce as Nassau. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and he, he, uh, him, and a, a local scientist. Uh, uh, she turned. She's a woman, so of course he he doesn't believe that she's a doctor. He's always asking, "Always is your husband here? Is your brother here, or something?" And she said, "No, I'm the doctor." <laughs> you know that old one. Right. Um, anyway, they they team up and uh, they figure out that uh, the uh, spiders have come through a black hole. It's opened up a black hole into Wisconsin. And uh, they can destroy the gravitational field of the black hole with a neutrons initiator. Okay. Oh yeah. Know. Yeah. Um, so uh, anyway, that's their plan. And then the, the the biggest spider eventually grows into this massive thing that looks as if it was built over there a uh, an old Volkswagen. Yes. Is trundling through the town and making lots of people run away. Yes. Baseball <laughs> fields and so on. And uh, and then. And you know, they eventually have a confrontation with it. Um, but yeah, this is an enjoyable one, I think. Are, just, are there any marching bands involved at all? Usually, these kind of movies, they, there's a marching there's band. There's like a fair where they have like a there's like a baseball game and various like um, uh, games where they're knocking down bottles and oh, okay, yeah, like beers get consumed and Ferris wheels stuff like that, that kind of thing. Okay. Yeah, you usually... Nothing as spectacular as a Ferris wheel. Oh, okay. No, no Ferris wheel. It's just like a summer fest. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. Yeah, there has to be a, a festival or a carnival or a, a something with a marching band in these kind of movies. So, at least yeah, yeah. at least it nailed that down. Yeah, it's something the mayor doesn't want to shut down. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> of course, uh, you know, this came out before Jaws, didn't it? Uh, no, they they reference. That no, would have been after Jaws. They say uh, when when the giant one turns up in town, they say uh, this makes Jaws look like a minnow, something like that. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. So naturally, the sheriff didn't want something closed because they didn't want it closed in Jaws. Right. Okay. So uh, yeah, I, I think uh, Will especially would enjoy this one a lot. Yeah, I like this one. This, uh, it, I mean, it's terrible, but yeah, it's, it's, it's terrible in a fun way. It's yeah. not a boring way. Does it mm-hmm. does it give you nostalgia for not the seventies? <laughs> does did it give either one of you guys nostalgia for the seventies? Uh it's it's one of those movies, even though it was filmed in the seventies, and you can tell it's not really a snapshot of the seventies. It's more just kind of poor grimy people in a in a badly written, badly filmed movie. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah. Like this this period you had you'd had the like the big science fiction movie like events and then uh, and then in the few years before Star Wars you you'd had all these uh, very serious um, science fiction movies like uh, Man of Feltworth and uh, yeah. Rollable and Solid Green and stuff like that. Um, but uh, but then you also had these like uh, these cheap films, which somehow got international releases, and um, uh, 
Uh, so you, you know, and you know, so many of them turn out to be by Bill Bill Rabin. So <laughs> like uh, the Incredible Melting Man and oh, things like, that's the like other really, one. Uh, yeah, like really low scale uh, exploitation huh. uh, yeah. science fiction films, and then and Star Wars changed all that. You never saw those again. Yeah, in the theater anyway. Yeah, nobody was going to tolerate that nonsense after Star Wars. Yeah, yeah, kind of uh, the end of the uh, downer futuristic film. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, and now we're living it. Yep. Now you've you've both seen Earth versus the Spider, which had uh-huh. a, a couple other titles. Um, so, how long ago did you see it, you guys? Like, was it pretty recently? Uh been a few years okay it's not super fresh in my mind they i remember they go is that the one where they go into the cave and there's a big mm-hmm. spider web with the yeah the girls looking for her dad yeah, yeah that's the one okay yeah well do you remember in the class yeah, he, he's driving his truck at the start and he and he gets <laughs> uh like clothes lined by a spider web and <coughs> yeah dragged into the cave and, yeah yes yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure that he was supposed to have gotten spattered with venom if, or if that was supposed to be blood. Mm. It looked like some sort of spattering. I'm not sure. Yeah, he kind of runs into this rope and then some chocolate syrup gets thrown in his face and yeah. don't know what's happened. Yeah, yeah, that's that's the thing. So um, I'm trying to see what year... Either got him. We know what happened. This is 1958. Yeah, what year the one character Joe was actually born? Oh, he's pretty close to my birthday. Let's see. So, uh, he was about 35 when this came out. So one of the he's the conductor of the rock and roll band, isn't he, Joe? Yeah, yeah. So you, yeah. when when you see him in class in the high school, like they're passing notes, and the one kid leans forward, and I see this kid, and I went, "Yeah, he's got to be close to 40." <laughs> And yeah. sure enough, I just looked him up just now, and this this guy, I, the the person playing the science teacher could have probably switched places with him, and it would have looked more realistic. But uh, yeah, the the science teacher had like that super like narrator voice, which I didn't look up, but I but I kind of assume he was one of those narrators for like driver's ed films and crap like that. But. Um, yeah, Troy Patterson, uh, not a teenager by a long shot. Uh, born in 1923. I'm not a mathematician, but I think in uh, in uh, 1950, was it 58, did you say? Yeah. Yeah, he's mm-hmm. he was born in 33, the 25. Uh, yeah? Did I say? No, 23, 1923. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay, he's so thirty-five. Yeah, a thirty-five-year-old teenager. teenager. Yeah. So he was uh, twenty-five teen. <laughs> no, he was yeah. he was fifteen teen, <laughs> or something like that. Anyway, uh, yeah, twenty-five teen would make him thirty-five. So anyway, uh, yeah, the, I watched this thing on uh, on Tubi, and you know, it disregarded the commercials and. Uh, Right out of the gate, noticed it was a Samuel Z. Arkoff American International Pictures production, and it had uh, yep. Bert I. Gordon. Yep. Whose initials spelled big. 
which is yep. which is cool. Um, he and, did so many big thing movies. Yeah, his middle initial probably wasn't even I. He just did that so he could. Yeah, be, I don't think it was. Yeah. So uh, yeah, uh, the the tagline on um, on the original poster when it was released under this name said 50 tons of creeping horror. I didn't try and do any math on that either, but uh, I don't know if that thing weighed 50 tons. Um, okay. uh, super close-ups of a tarantula, basically. But uh, um, yeah, the, the cover I've got says, uh, bullets won't kill it, flames can't hurt it, nothing can stop it. Yeah. A spider will eat you alive. Yeah. That's the one I'm looking at, too, and that's that's great. Uh, the posters didn't pull any punches. In, in fact, they made a lot of promises they didn't deliver. But uh, there's a thing that would happen in, uh, you know, the, the kind of the jokey culture of the, of the um, 40s, 50s, and 60s would be like you make a bad financial move and suddenly you're wearing a barrel instead of clothes. You know, and I kind of yeah. feel I feel like as soon as a spider attacked, you know, everybody was homeless, and you know the the letter boxes and and uh, the, the the letter drop boxes were toppled into the streets, and there was a an orphaned baby crying, and you know, yes, all that, all that mayhem. That, that was all scripted. Um, uh, let's see. Um, I'll read you a bit of the screenplay here. Yes, please. Um, Exterior, street, medium long shot. Camera pans left showing an overturned car with just marriage sign on it for poignancy. Then to dead body <laughs> in street for tragedy and deserted houses to little baby in middle of street crime for sentimentality. Ah, well, some, right. some of that fits into the, um, the Arkoff acronym. And you guys are familiar with this, I'm sure. What, what Arkoff his Arkoff formula, uh, the A-R-K-O-F-F, all stand for something. Yeah, um, what is that? The uh, A stands for action. This is the formula for a successful one of his movies. The R is for revolution. I, I think that means, like, uh, innovativeness. Uh, K for killing, because you got to have some of that. Uh, o for oratory. <laughs> Uh, because there's always some characters uh, delivering some platitudes and, um, you know, making some lofty statements. Uh, the first F is for fantasy. And the last F is for fornication, because it's got to be sexy. So, you know, he was the, he was the uncle with, of one of our colleagues back at the art supply store. Oh, was he? Really? Yeah, Elaine, I think. Huh. Yeah. One of the older women who worked with us, she had like curly, gingery hair. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I know who you're talking uh, about. Yeah, it was like uh, she was seeing, she looked at one of the books I had one day and she said, oh, that's my uncle. Wow. wow. That is crazy. <laughs> wow. So. Yeah. In fact, I run into her once in a while. Ellen. Yeah, I know, I know who oh, you're Oh, Ellen. Yeah. She, not, she, not Ellen, not the one who worked in the back. It was... Uh, not the one that people were afraid of. No, no, no. Oh, okay. No, 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 no. Ellen with the glasses and the red curly hair. I know who you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. that is Ellen. Okay. Yeah, yeah. She's uh, she's been like a um, a sales rep for a while, 
uh, right, right. Yeah, we would run into her at trade shows because she she's a buyer. Um, but yeah, she yeah. was the gift buyer at the time, wasn't she? Yeah. 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 So she understands little gadgets and fun stuff, and uh, yeah. So um, spiders have vocal cords, and they sound like a a scre- <laughs> screaming monster. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe I can uh, grab some of that and in- insert it here, or at the beginning of the show, or something. Um, now, Arkoff, I'm not surprised. A bit of a shameless self-promoter. Uh, it's the the one kid's dad owns a movie theater, and guess what's showing? And guess what's about to be showing? Yeah, two, two Bert I. Gordon movies. <laughs> yeah. So they've got all this promo stuff still up for the Amazing Colossal Man, but they're about yeah. to but they're about to open on uh, Attack of the Puppet People. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was kind of fun. Um, and I'm sure if uh, if you don't remember this, you would immediately zoom in on this. In the sheriff's office, there is a uh, a uh, Gil Elvgren uh, pinup calendar. So you you can oh is there yeah that's Gil Elvgren okay yeah yeah so uh, uh, I noticed uh, our friend Joe the teenager has a copy of Famous Monsters number one. Does he? I didn't see oh, that. When he's on the couch and he rings into the sheriff. Yeah, he's reading Famous Monsters. Oh, man. I didn't notice that. Of course, I, I was looking away. I was cutting some uh, uh, pipe cleaners or chenille stems, whatever you want to call them, for the um, for the medical masks, for the nose piece, to bend it to the contour of your face. So I was doing some cutting, so I was probably looking away so I didn't lop my finger off and uh, have some real-life uh, horror uh, another fun thing I spotted in this movie is when um, when they're trying to get uh, get to the spider to kill it, but then they also discover the kids are trapped in the Carlsbad caverns. Um, <clears throat> there's a uh, one of the workers has that distinct plaid hunting hat that uh, famously Ed Gein was wearing in his uh, photo. So yes. uh, this guy is like full on Ed Gein hat. So that was skin hat. Yeah, yeah. You don't want to own that one sounds of sounds meaty. <laughs> yeah. You don't want to own those unless you could really rock the thing. And uh I think I think Gein had been arrested by them. And Yeah, I think so. Yeah, and that, so that was something. Yeah. Um and I think that's pretty much all I've got as far as uh the uh Earth versus the spiders. Now, I was going to ask you, Will, since you grew up in uh, New Mexico, how far was Carlsbad Caverns from where you grew up? I have no idea where in the state it even is. And if you don't, that's cool, too. Uh, it's in the southeastern part of the state. And I was in the southwestern part. Uh, about the same uh, latitude of 500 miles? Two? I, I don't know. I don't know for sure how far away it is. So you could you could maybe get there in a day. Oh, easily, easily. Yeah. It it probably be. It, it's probably a four hour drive, five hour drive. Let me see. I have a map of New Mexico here on the wall. Oh, cool. Would, did you notice they were just uh, photos in the movie? Yeah. Uh, I think he just used postcards. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's just uh, photos of Carlsbad Cavern, like, cut out and put on various uh, planes. 
okay. Uh, and then the cave they actually go into is uh, Bronson Canyon. Well, that makes sense. And um, yeah, and then some bits are set. Yeah, so it's all Carlsbad. Yeah, everything yeah, was. No. Yeah, everything was uh, Bronson Canyon back then, wasn't it? It was. That's where you filmed your cheap, cheap movies. Uh, it's about uh, 170 miles. Oh yeah, easily a day trip. Yeah, so it's not that bad. Did you ever go? Uh, yeah, I went once. How was it? They turned the lights off for you. You know, that's like, I think the most memorable moment, even though obviously the stalactites in the cave itself is huge and, and really impressive. But as a kid, when they turn the lights out and you're in pitch blackness and you've never really seen, like, I mean, there's absolutely no light down there. Yeah. I think that's what impresses all the kids. Yeah. Even though you have this fantastic cave that's, I'm, you know, it's huge. It's really impressive. But that, that's what stands out to me mostly. Yeah. It's like, well, you know, every, you know, oh my God, it's total blackness. Like every time I took my, uh, my nephews downtown Chicago, cause my, um, my family are from the, uh, uh, the South side. So it's like, you go catch the orange line at Midway airport and uh, you take the L train downtown, no matter what thing we were going to go do, the train ride was the thing they all loved. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, you can see all these shitty backyards of all these rundown houses and all these factories and, you know, train, yeah. train yards and uh, depots where, you know, trucks pick up gravel and all this garbage. And it's like, yeah. I, was, I was definitely impressed with the, with the L. Yeah. When I wrote it. Yeah, the L's cool and it's super efficient. But, uh, yeah, I mean, you're going to um, Navy Pier to ride on that gigantic, like, thousand-foot-high Ferris wheel. Or, you know, go to the museum and see all these, you know, thousands-year-old mummies. Or, or the art museum to see these great works of art. Oh, that bullshit? No, well, that's nothing like a train ride. Yeah. Yeah. Kids love it. So, um, yeah. <laughs> So uh, you've both seen um, Earth versus the Spider. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna offer this first. I can recommend this one based on its um, on its low budget uh, of its day cheapness and the charm that that carries with it today, uh, and the fact that the characters are really committed to what they do, and and that they they are not willing to believe the teenagers at first. Um, till they see for of themselves. Course. Yeah. It's got all that going for it, you know, and it's got that, all that, oh, gee whiz, you know, that, that kind of, uh, the squeaky clean teenagers. Yeah. Whether they're, um, you know, uh, 17 or 25 or 35. 35. Yeah. I find the, the story, uh, it gets on with it. There's no, uh, fat on the story. No. But the way it's done, like, uh, Bert I. Gordon's idea of direction is like, why, why cut into a shot or move the camera when it, you can just do it in one shot and then do the next scene? Yeah, you know, it's kind yes. of a very plodding way of directing it that that makes it you know it makes it duller than it should be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This this could be more lively, but yeah. uh, it doesn't. You're, you're right. It doesn't waste any time getting into the action though, and it's seventy three yeah. minutes. 
So you're not going, wow, why are we at this church meeting and this thing where they're walking through a park? There's not a lot of that crap going on in this movie. No, no. They're just kind of on to the next. There's not even a romantic subplot. Everyone's already hooked up. Yeah. He's going to get hooked up. Yeah. Um, You know, there's there's no goofy character study moments that you're not interested in. Yeah. Yeah, just get some of that. I, I do enjoy... Now they need to make it a Netflix series with 13 episodes. Yeah. Drag it out. There was a, where, they made all these versions of... made all these films where they took the titles from some of these 50s films and they just did a, a really different story. So they did one, I think, called Earth vs. the Spider, where it's like a more like a fly. Um, I've, oh. I've not watched any of those. No, I've not heard of those. Yeah, they're, they're some direct video things that came out in recent years. Um, hmm. And you can see clips of this in uh, Eight Legged Freaks. Oh, cool. Um, yeah, yeah, clips of this one turn up in several movies. Yeah. Um, so um, I was going to ask you I, guys. I like how the uh, one of the things that date. What? No, go ahead. I think one of the things that dates it is you've got this sheriff character who goes into these caves, which would be very protected now. And he, he goes in there and he shoots the first thing that moves. Uh, as a, <laughs> as a, the only creature they see is a bat. And he, he just guns it down. And then he has these uh, his men come in and just spray the whole place with DDT. And yeah. then everyone's just like strolling around. And, yeah. Um, yep. Yeah, that, that kind of dates it. Um but uh, I think I think Joe is like he's got this rock and roll band that rehearsing at the school, the school dance at this gym, where they're stashing the spider for some reason. <laughs> yes. And uh, uh, yeah, he's my favourite line. He he he, uh, he says uh, the cats will have a blast if we don't swing solid. Um, That's right. But this has also got uh, you know you know uh, Paul Blaisdell. Uh, he made a lot of these uh, excellent monsters. Yeah, he, you you brought him up uh, in a recent like the, episode. Uh, the sheep monster and the uh, um, invasion of the Saucer Man and okay, uh, yeah, he, he did tons of those. Um, and, uh, yeah, him and his wife Jackie worked on this. I think they did the uh, the desiccated corpses. Oh yeah, you know, they, they uh, the fathers brought in and. He's got that uh, that built-in frown that's very distinctive of the of Paul Blaisdell's monsters. Yeah, got, like the mask is kind of stiff, and it's as well as built-in frown, like yeah. lines coming down the forehead. Yeah, yeah. So he's got it on, the, on these corpses in the movie. Um, yeah, he's always uh, always enjoyed seeing his work. So um, overall, uh, I found uh, Mr. King. Like a lot of these films are kind of anti-science um, yeah. until the scientist teams up with the military, and then yeah. science is in its place. Um, so, but this one, you got a science teacher who uh, he says uh, he calls spiders insects, <laughs> and um, he also says, uh, "You know, eggheads. Why this? How come that?" Yeah. <laughs> What's with all the questions? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's what the scientists say, you know. How come that? How come um, that? <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Uh, yeah, uh, Spider, Spider Handling by Jim Donaldson. Did you recognize his work? Um, no, sure. not really. Uh, I know he probably didn't work with Coffin Joe, so what, what did he work on? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, this, uh, so this one, uh, do either of you recommend it based on any, uh, yeah, sure. Yeah. yeah, it's not the best one. The tarantula is the best one, but yeah, it's, yeah. A, it's a fun, uh, it's a fun fifties. And, and tarantula has a very early appearance, if not the first appearance, uh, by Clint Eastwood. He's one of the yeah. fighter, he's one of the fighter pilots. Yep. That goes and he's it. in uh, Revenge of the Creature as a scientist. Yeah, he's yeah. got the rats in his pocket. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's right. He's got the lab coat and he's got the rats in it. So, yeah, that's kind of before he could sort of... Uh... Isn't Leonard Nimoy in Tarantula too? He's in no, them. He's in, uh, them. Yeah, yep, yep, them. He's, yeah. uh, he's, oh, he's, he's the guy, they have this big map up where they're trying to follow where the ants are. And okay. uh, he's one of the uh, army guys in there. Yeah, and he's yeah. also in the Brain Eaters, but you can't recognize him because he's all—he's all in mist and he's all cloaked. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, but he, he's in the Brain Eaters. Okay, yeah. So and he's also in uh, Zombies of the Stratosphere, which was a serial. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. about about what? Back in the 50s. So it was, it was it... one of those Rocket Man uh, series, you know? Yeah. Number Cody. Mm-hmm. He's got the and he's got the up and down control things on his nipples on his chest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, cool. Okay, yeah. So I was going to ask you guys if you uh, <clears throat> for next episode, if you want to do some uh, uh, some lists of movies where people are either holed up or going through an abandoned city wasteland kind of a situation. For, ex- <laughs> for example, Night of the Comet. You know where you see people walking okay. through. I don't have that. We were, we were going to watch uh, Day of the sixties one. Yeah. This week. If it's okay. If, do you own it, or is it going to be out there behind a paywall somewhere? I have it. Okay, cool. Well, maybe um, you could. Find, I think it's on YouTube. Probably. It's not been properly released here, um, so it's floating around in the grey market. But yeah, I think it's on YouTube. Cool. But I can. I can probably find it and send you a link. Oh, cool. And I can find uh, Kingdom of the Spiders as well. Awesome. Yeah, I, I think some... Uh, so right now, uh, with so many cities just being shut down and everything just so weirdly desolate, like all the pictures you've seen and the footage you've seen of different cities where there's no one out there, you kind of feel like Burgess Meredith in that Twilight Zone where he comes mm-hmm. <laughs> he comes out yeah. of that, uh, that vault and everything's been obliterated. Uh, yeah, doesn't seem to be the doesn't seem to be the case here in Denver. No, people are out goofing around. Cars all the time. Everybody's walking around. Yeah, they're not taking it too seriously yet. But uh, that time is uh, coming tomorrow at five p.m. So uh, I'm sure I'm sure it's hard to enforce. Like you're not really breaking a law. You know, the ma- the mayor said, go do this or don't do that. But I don't know that you could really get a ticket for it. But, um, yeah, we'll uh, we'll cover Day of the Triffids and maybe some other stuff that kind of goes along with that uh, you know, desolate city, uh, nobody's home situation. Everyone's shut in or, or gone and dead. I think that would be kind of cool in, in uh, these times. All right. 
So if that works, we'll do that. Uh, any any other thoughts on the uh, being shut in or thoughts on the apocalypse? Um, yeah, we'll, we'll talk about it next time. But, uh, you know, I was wondering uh, what you guys thought of, um, uh, you know, being a fan of horror films. Has it helped? Because a lot of the imagery we're seeing and a lot of the language we're hearing in the headlines are very familiar. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That was in that was in War of the Worlds. Yeah. You know, I've seen these empty streets. I've seen these you know, desperate people. And, yeah. Um, these uh, scenarios. And, yeah. Um, you know, does that does that help you as a horror fan? Hundred percent. I familiar. I feel more prepared uh, mentally for a lot of this. I'm I'm a little yeah. di- I'm a little disappointed it's going down the way it's going down. But because um, I'm not a big fan of virus stuff uh, or body mm-hmm. horror as much as I am like the enemy, because that enemy could be already in you and you don't know it. But uh, for me, I think it's more like uh, going to the grocery store. I kind of know what behavior to look for. Like if someone's about to lose it, you know, somebody to either take them out at the knees or get away from them, <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, well, we did supermarket sweep about a little more than 15 minutes before closing last night. And uh, just to hit it at the very end, hoping that the place was kind of empty, and it was. Uh, but, um, yeah, I feel more prepared. Like, I, I, I know what what bad behavior to watch for, and um, I kind of feel like any one of us, you know, in the in the privileged world that we live in, probably have enough stuff in our freezer and cupboard to cook whether it's really that good or not cook something to put in your stomach for probably months even before we went and shopped so now it's like yeah you don't really want to eat the same stuff over and over or this thing that's kind of uninteresting or bland or missing an ingredient but so what at least we're going to survive like i I've already not been out in the world much to speak of in the last week um, uh-uh. at all. I mean, like drive over to the shop, get some things that need shipped, go into the post office, set it on the counter, turn around and leave. Like that's the extent of it. And then the grocery store, which I really didn't want to go into and didn't think I had to, but last night was like in and out quickly, wearing gloves, discarded them, you know, at the car. And uh, that was it. You know, I, I don't want to go back out at all. And uh, all these people who have not been careful are out there with everyone else who has been. But uh, yeah. horror movies, um, how, how about you, Jolien? Do you feel like it's got you uh, properly aware and properly in the mindset? Uh, I, f- I feel I'm, um, uh, you know, being a nerd, you're kind of um, prepared for change and different concepts coming in sure whereas someone who relies on life being a steady unchanging ride um is not prepared for transformation no as much um people have this like idea of normality even though it's uh largely illusionary um you know things change that's that's just nature yeah so if you're a nerd or a, or a Buddhist, you're already a difference. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, this is all hanging by a thread on any given day. You know, 
All it takes is say, say for example, you lived in Utah and your life was normal, and then there was that earthquake. Then and the ice spiders, or for example, they even got you. Yeah, yeah, yeah the ice spiders, an- another <laughs> real world, everyday kind of occurrence. Sure. In the news, it's always someone else that this stuff is happening to, um, because they live near the Mississippi River and there's yeah. flooding, or they live somewhere where there's a lot of tornadoes and their little town got completely destroyed into toothpicks. Um, it's always someone else this happens to. And this time it's happened to everybody except Antarctica. So here we are. We're all like, you know, in a tailspin economically and uh, socially. And yeah, it's now it's happening to not the other guy, but all of us. Yeah. And here we are. So, um, all right. <clears throat> on that happy note, <laughs> uh, we could get out of here and uh, and do this again uh, sometime before we need to drop it next week. Okay. Cool. Cool. All right. Well, Sounds good. Cool. All right. Well, um, once again, uh, I thank our listeners for listening. And uh, stay thank- safe. Yeah. Stay safe. Stay safe. And uh, stay well. Right. Thank you guys for putting up with the technology thing. Uh, it, it doesn't sound the same, but it's awesome that we're doing it. Yeah. Yeah. Very All right. happy to do it. All right. Bye. 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 Bye.